This call is being recorded. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Miss Diane. Hi, Diane. This is Barbara. Hi, Sister Barbara. I know your voice. How you doing, sweetie? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing good. Hey, hey B1. Good. Hey, Barb. Good morning. Welcome hey, to the family. This is Bubbly. Happy Saturday, everyone. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday. Oh, it's six o'clock on the button. Wow. That was um, pushing that kind of hard. Okay, what were you trying to say, Barb? Nothing. I just said happy Saturday, sweetie. Oh, happy Saturday, you as well. Good morning. Welcome to the Claire Vickery. This is Puppy. Happy Saturday. Who just joined the call? Good morning, it's Susie. Good morning, Susie. How are you? Good, pretty good. Happy. Good morning. Happy Saturday. Same to you. Oh, thank you so much. Oh, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, good morning. Welcome to the Claire Victory. This is Bubbly. Happy Saturday. Who just joined the call? Good morning. Welcome to the Clear Victory. This is Bubbly. Happy Saturday. Did anybody else join the call? Good morning, Bubbly. This is Dondria. Happy hey. Saturday. Sugar pie, honey, but <laughs> Happy Saturday to you as well. Okay. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> I just heard that smack, 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 and I'm like, wait a minute. Who built this stuff this early? Okay. <laughs> That's all I can say. <laughs> Good morning and welcome to Declare Victory. This is Bubbly. Happy Saturday. Anybody else join the call that would like to say good morning? Good morning, Bubbly. This is Priscilla. Happy Saturday. Hey, good morning, Priscilla. Happy Saturday to you, too, to you as well. Okay, oh, slow down that one. <laughs> oh, oh, where's my phone? Oh, there it is. Good morning, Bubbly. Good morning, family. It's Nikisha. Happy Saturday. Hey, good morning, Nakisha. How you doing, honey, sugar pie? Oh, good. I, I like that uh, bubblicious dondria uh, dance. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. That, that's that's from back in the bay. Yay, yay. Okay, okay. <laughs> and people ask me what my name is. I said, depending on who you're talking to. Anyway. Okay, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> Just Deborah. Good morning. <laughs> Oh no, okay. We went there. Dang, dang. Good morning, Sister Nikisha. Okay. <laughs> Going on mute. <laughs> That's that Sunday morning conversation, y'all, just in case you were trying to figure out what the fuck they talking about. Yeah, indeed. 
Good morning and welcome to Declare Victory. This is Bubbly, who's on the line. Okay, I went all the way to my radio radio personality voice. Okay, come back. Good morning and welcome to Declare Victory. This is Bubbly, who's on the line. Good morning, Good morning. This is Barbara Lodi. Hey, Sister Barbara Lodi, how are you this morning? Happy Saturday. Oh, it's all good. God is good. He's on the throne working it out. Amen. I receive and believe all that. Good morning. <laughs> Happy Saturday. Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. This is Bubbly. Happy Saturday. Who's on the line? Hi. Good morning and welcome to Declare the Victory. This is Bubbly. Happy Saturday. If anybody else joined the call that would like to say good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. This is Bubbly. Happy Saturday. Anybody else join the call that would like to say good morning? Morning, welcome to Declare Victory. This is Bubbly. Happy Saturday. Anybody else join the call that would like to say good morning? Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to Declare Victory. This is Bubbly. Happy Saturday. Did anybody else join the call that would like to say good morning? Okay, well, it is 6.05, family, and it's time to move on to the next segment of the call. Before we move forward, we ask you to mute your line so that we can proceed. Hello and good morning. My name is Deborah, a.k.a. Bubbly, and I am your hostess. Thank you for joining us here on Declare Victory. We are a prayer call that meets Monday through Saturday, starting at 6 a.m. Pacific time, to edify, empower, encourage, and equip you in your walk with Christ. Please feel free to invite a friend so that they can be blessed too. Be sure to stay tuned in with us for November for our monthly theme entitled Glory and Honor. You don't want to miss the messages, lessons, and heart shares that will be brought to you by our wonderful and gifted declares. There are no announcements today, and there weren't any prayer requests from the app. The order of the call is as follows. The declaration will be by Lisa. Praying and corporate praise will be done by Geraldine. Then we will go right into the closing comments hosted by the declare. I will repeat that. The declaration will be by Lisa. Praying and corporate praise will be done by Geraldine. And then we will go right into closing comments hosted by our declarer, Mrs. Sister Lisa. The scripture today is Revelation 19 and 7. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the Lamb is come and his wife has made herself ready. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading, hear, and doing of his holy word. At this time, we ask you to put your phones on mute until instructed to come off mute. I now pass the call to our declarer, Sister Lisa Porter. Blessings. Blessings to you. 
to you, Bubbly. Good morning, everyone, and um, thank you all, five of y'all, for getting up on <laughs> Saturday morning at 6 o'clock to continue this thing we call um, Declaring Victory Over Our Lives. Thank you so much, Bubbly, for hosting. Um, I appreciate you and thank God for you and love your sound. Um, so I have a lot to share, and I'm not sure how the Holy Spirit's going to do it, but I trust him. I believe this is something that God has given me. And if anybody knows, like when we start studying and looking at the Word of God and just trying to put something together and we allow the Holy Spirit to just give us illumination and revelation and just open up things, he starts making connections for us in the Word. And I'm just so grateful that it just all ties in. So I have two key scriptures for you Um and then I have a little side rabbit trail just to give you something that I just saw that, you know, just makes sense to me. Um, so my key scripture is found in Second Chronicles. For those of you that like to take notes, Second Chronicles 5, um, 11 through 14. And then I want to jump over to Second um, Corinthians 6 and 19. So let's go ahead and get started. Father, we just thank you, and we thank you for this morning. We thank you for waking us. We thank you for an opportunity to come before you and before your presence. And, Father, if I could sing, I would just sing out unto you. But I thank you that you tell us to make a joyful noise and that whatever sound we make is, is honored before you because it's a matter of our hearts. So our hearts are clear before you, God. Our minds are set. Holy Spirit, do what only you can do, which is reach the hearts of your people. Teach us all so that we can hear, open our ears of understanding, that we can know what your spirit is saying, open our eyes that we might see clearly or see differently the things we've come to believe. And Father, if we already know this, thank you for reinforcing what you've already placed on the inside of us. I pray that you would just have your way. And I thank you, God, for blocking any satanic interference, for any distractions, anything that would come. I thank you for you already settling the matter. Um, have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. So our topic and this theme for this month as we're coming to a close is glory and honor. And immediately when the topic was um, mentioned, I thought about this um, particular scripture found in Second Chronicles 5 because there's a song on it, um, not really a song, but a proclamation that um, I believe um, as they were doing some kind of convocation or something, um, a woman read this piece and a man read this piece about the glory of the Lord filling temple. So I just want to go into that section, um, but I want to give a little bit of background about the book of Chronicles. Um, initially, as we know, um, when the Bible was first written on papyrus and um, whatever kind of script they had, they didn't have chapters really in verses. So that was really just introduced later for our understanding so we could get a grasp on reading the word. So first and second chronicles was just one long book and then it was separated, divided into um the first and second chronicles. Concentrating on second chronicles, the book of chronicles kind of um is a supplement to uh, first and second Kings and first and second Samuel. When I say a supplement, it kind of speaks and tells of the same things that happened in those other four books, if you will, the four different sections of those books, it's a culmination, but it doesn't give you all full disclosure or full details of the acts of the kings, particularly David um, and Solomon. Just like no different, like in the New Testament, when you have the four Gospels, they're called the Synoptic Gospels, really first um, 
Matthew, Mark, and Luke, really, because John has his own different kind of thing, because he's the one that was beloved of Jesus, and he had his head on his breast, so he had some intimate stuff about Jesus. He was the one that told us, you know, about the deity, really, of, of um, the Lord Jesus Christ being fully human and fully God as well, right, and the Word being made flesh. So with Matthew, Mark, and Luke, it really is, for example, um, they're called synoptics because they're congruent. They they all speak on similar events. You can find many of the miracles that Jesus did in, in all three of those books, but they come from different perspectives, right? So just like if we are looking at an accident and it happens like right on 10th Street and I'm on 9th Street and somebody else is on 8th Street and somebody else is on 7th Street and we all got a view of 10th Street, we're going to see the accident just a little bit differently. And it doesn't mean that our view of the accident is necessarily wrong because it's not exactly what the other person said. It just means that we saw it from a different viewpoint. We saw it through a different lens. We saw it from a different perspective, right? So Chronicles kind of just does that to an extent where it brings out information. It doesn't really talk about like David's mess ups with Bathsheba. It doesn't talk about like Solomon's stuff with all those women. It kind of honors them as kings. So since we're talking about glory and honor, I thought that was kind of interesting to bring out. So since my... um primary text is in the fifth chapter. I just want to give like a running start and just do a quick overview of what leads up to that situation, which I never really thought about before until we were challenged and given this particular topic. So in chapter one, we find um, Solomon and how he is giving the request. And I'm going to be reading um, quite a few sections in these chapters, which is going to take up most of my time. Amen. So bear with me. Again, I'm in Second Chronicles. But in chapter 1, we find where Solomon basically has been given the charge by David um, over in First Chronicles 28 to build the temple. Um, he had been established as the one that would succeed David. At this point, Second Chronicles, first chapter, David has passed on, transitioned on. So Solomon is now about in his second rule um, year of reigning where he is taking on the charge of doing what he had been given instructions to do, which was build the temple. So I want to read to verse 3. Then Solomon and all the assembly with him went to the high place that was at Gibeon. For the tabernacle of the meeting with God was there, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, had made in the wilderness. So remember about Mount Sinai, right, and how Moses had set up or erected a, a consecrated place, set up a temple for him to go in and commune and him and Aaron, at, as a matter of fact, um, when they had opportunity to go in and um atone for the sins, if you will, slay the animals, sacrifice the animals for the sins of the people over at Mount Sinai when he got the tablets and he established, you know, that God said he would dwell with his people and we have the Ark of the Covenant. But David, he had brought up the Ark of God from Kirjath-Jerim to the place David had prepared for it. So David has always been, being a man after God's heart, he wanted to have the presence of God close to him. And you can read all the stories about what happened with them trying to get the ark and it being captured and the people saying, look, we can't deal with this. <laughs> you come and get your ark and them um, Uriah helping to carry it and him falling dead because he tried to catch it when it fell. Um, and David was sore about that, so he sent it off to somewhere else. And that place where the ark was dwelling temporarily, they got blessed abundantly. But David still longed to have the presence of God near because um, he was used to that. Remember while he was on the backside of the mountain tending sheep, he was writing love songs and psalms to God. So he is considered a man after God's own heart. So David wanted and desired to build a house for 
um, God's presence permanently to dwell amongst them. But God was not going to allow David to build the ark or to build the house because he said that he was a man of war and that blood was on his hands. But your desire to do this for me is honorable. So if you need a title, I, my title really is kind of evoke, invoking the presence or manifesting his glory, invoking the presence of God or manifesting his glory, right? So we have heard some phenomenal um declarations this month already about um, the glory of God. And one of the, the things that, that really stands out is that the glory of God is really simply his presence. So back to chapter one and looking at what um, Solomon was, was ready to do. So David, he pitched a tent in Jerusalem to house the Ark of the Covenant. And that's where initially he wanted to build, but again, he couldn't build, right? So looking at verse six, and Solomon went up there to the bronze altar before the Lord, which was the tabernacle. So tabernacle was simply a dwelling place or of meetings and offered a thousand burnt offerings on it. So Solomon, because he is going to take on the charge and he has accepted um, the God of his father, David, to be his his God, he accepts that challenge, right? And he goes and he offers up 1,000 burnt offerings on this altar. And it's amazing because I thought we need to pull this out because if we offer up sacrifices, and I'll get to that a little bit later, it's amazing what God will do. Um, when he's looking at our heart and how we sacrifice whatever it is that we want or that we desire or that we're holding on to necessarily for his name's sake. And immediately after this, in verse 7, it talks about on that night that God appeared to Solomon and he said, ask what I shall give you. And it doesn't say like Solomon jumped through a whole bunch of hoops. Solomon's heart was right before God at this point, right? Um, so, Solomon simply did what he was accustomed to doing, what he had been taught and trained to do by his dad, and he was sincere about his new role as king, and God appeared to him after he offered up a sacrifice. Remember that, because I'm going to tie it in at the end. Um, hopefully, I don't run out of time. And so God asked him, what do you want me to give to you? And Solomon, everybody knows this, we know this, he asked for wisdom on how to rule, wisdom and knowledge on how to rule God's people, still in chapter 1. And because he Acts this over in verse 12, he says God was, was pleased with his request because he didn't ask for riches and fame and honor and, you know, to be the man or to be the best king, none of that stuff. He was concerned about, um, was he fearful? I don't know. He was concerned about how to rule God's people rightly because he knew it was a great responsibility. And all that the leaders that God has chosen would have that kind of attitude towards the people that they've been given charge over. So God said in verse 12, wisdom and knowledge are granted to you and I will give you riches and wealth and honor such as none of the kings have had who were before you, nor shall they be after you. So because of his heart position, because of his intent, because of motives of his heart, God gave him not only the riches and the wealth, but he gave him honor. So I'm looking at that, that God will, because of our heart posture towards him, put us in a position of honor. And then when we're in the position of honor, because honor is simply something that we receive from men, give honor to whom honors do, then we can turn around and give God glory for the position of honor that he is calling many of us into. 
All right, chapter two. So chapter two, now Solomon prepares to build the temple. He sets out to do this great work for God. Then Solomon, this is verse one, then Solomon determined to build the temple for the name of the Lord and the royal house for himself. So he was not only going to build the temple for God, but he was also going to build a palace for the king. And I found it amazing that Solomon being king, he had servants that worked under him. He employed, if you will, I don't know, they were like slaves, so I don't know how much he paid them, but a hundred and fifty three thousand six hundred men. The hundred and fifty thousand men were to do the work. The three thousand and six hundred men were the overseers. You can read that in chapter two. I was like, Wow, what kind of temple are you going to build? So verse five, and the temple which I will build will be great for our God, is great, greater than all other gods. But who is able to build him a temple since heaven and the heavens of heavens cannot contain him? He says, who am I then that I should build him a temple except to burn sacrifices before him? This is the wisdom of God speaking um, through Solomon, this is a manifestation of the wisdom that God has given him because he recognizes in the Old Testament before they even realize as much as we know now hindsight from reading the word of God and experiencing the New Testament and experiencing the Lord Jesus Christ that he couldn't build a house to contain God. So the wisdom that that God had given Solomon was was phenomenal. It was out of this world. And we have the Holy Spirit living on us, the spirit of truth. And one of the seven manifestations is the wisdom, right? So, So what is it when he talks about in James, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, and he will give unto us liberally. The wisdom that God gives us gives us illumination and revelation, and it exposes and reveals the tricks of the enemy, and it can give us um, and explain to us and reveal mysteries that we wouldn't know of in our own intellect and in our own thinking. So verse um, 9, it says, To the temple which I am about to build shall be a great and wonderful temple. And I think I'm reading out of the NIV version if you're trying to follow along with me. So what um, Solomon did was he remembered that when David was preparing to build that David had um, had some connections. And so he went to the connections, the very same connections, the king of Tyre, I believe it is, and he employed um, uh, some of his resources to get this thing done. And one thing that I found was, like, incredible was, like, he was willing to pay this man in, like, bushels of wheat and vats of wine. And the bushels of wheat um weighed out to be like 3,750 tons. Can you imagine that? So so this is part of the riches that Solomon has. The, the, the oil and the wine, it, it says that the gallons were 115,000 gallons. Think about that for a minute. 115,000 gallons. Whew. And then not only that, he had the best material, he had skillful men, and everything that Solomon did, he used fine, precious stones and gold overlays, and the temple that he built was great, and it was beautiful. It was something to behold. So in 
chapter 3, he builds this temple. He's instructed from David on how to do it specifically, and that's what God will give us, instructions, and sometimes they don't seem specific, and sometimes we might miss the details, but God is still very intentional, and he gives us everything that we need to do what he called us to do, because whom he's called, he's also equipped, right? So now, verse one in chapter three. Now Solomon began to build the house of the Lord at Jerusalem on Mount Moriah. Here's another key point. Mount Moriah is the very same place that Abraham took Isaac up to to offer sacrifices, right? To offer him up as a sacrifice and God provided a ram in the bush. Remember that? I thought that was interesting. And then, let me read this. And then the Lord appeared to his father David at the place that David prepared on the threshing floor of Onan, the Jebusite. So not only that was this the place that was being um, resurrected resurrected or monu- as a monument because of what Abraham did and what he didn't have to do, but also remember how David, when he had sinned and numbered the troops and God told him, okay, you have to suffer the consequences. Well, after he accepted which punishment he had out of three choices what to do, then he turns around and he goes and he buys a threshing floor and he wants to offer up a sacrifice before God. And the man that owned the threshing floor, Onan, he wanted to give it to David. And David said, and this is something really key, hold on to this. He said, I will not offer up to God that which costs me nothing. I will not take something from you and not pay for it, not make a sacrifice for it to offer up sacrifices, because then it's not truly, really a sacrifice. So remember I said that. I'm going to skip over to chapter 4. Well, maybe in 3, I think verse 14, I wanted to read that. And he made the veil of blue and purple and crimson and fine linen and woven cherubim's into it. So again, the overlay of the walls and the doors were um, overlaid in gold, and he used fine, precious jewels and stones because he was the richest man ever, right? Um, and he was able to employ all the resources that he had. I was reading in the commentary, and it talked about some of the nails that were probably just for ornaments. They were eight, um, 18 ounces of gold each. But gold is not really a fine metal to the extent where it's sturdy like steel. Um, so they weren't able to really use that for a foundation or to hold things together necessarily because of its softness. But can you imagine just having 18 ounces of gold in the shape of a nail as an ornament? Whew, what kind of riches is that? <laughs> Now what he did this this what I just read to you about the colors of 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 this this part of the the temple because they had three places they had the outer court the inner court and the holies of holies well this excuse me this veil I believe it's the very same veil that that covered the holies of holies where the ark of the covenant was was hid or placed, and only like once a year the high priest, the high priest, remember that, can only go into the holies of holies. And so I believe this is the same veil that was torn as Jesus was on the cross that gave us now free access to enter in because the veil was torn because His blood was shed and He was the ultimate sacrifice that paid the price for you and me on the cross. So they finished the temple in chapter 4 and just over in verse, let's say, 1920. Um, they made lamps of pure gold. 
um, the inner sanctuary. It had flowers and other lamps. They had trims of gold, um, the purest of gold. They had bowls and utensils that were made of bronze because they they um, got the finest um, metal man or blacksmith, if you will, to, to oversee the project and make these um, items. And all these items were considered sacred because they were used in the administration of ministry in the temple of God. So let me read this. The ladles and the senses of pure gold, as for entry of the sanctuary, its inner doors to the most holy place, and the doors of the main hall of the temple were gold. You hear that? Doors were gold. Hopefully I'll remember to tie that in because it really makes sense entering into the sanctuary and it being basically priceless. I guess that's what it all boils down to, that it was really priceless. And so he put all these treasures into the house of God, all the utensils made of gold, all the things that were made of bronze, all of the the chalices and the drinking drinking cups and all that stuff. Um, Hold on to that because there's another story. Here's my side rabbit trails for the things I've been finding out, right? All those things were made and they were um, used in the administration of ministry that the priests would use, so they were considered sacred. So the ark was finally brought into chapter 5. The ark was finally brought into the temple. And the Levites, so God, um, Solomon called all the people together. He assembled the elders, the priests, the leaders, the heads of the tribes, and everybody came together. Remember that they came together on one accord to um, dedicate this temple. And he assembled them before the ark um, where they started sacrificing sheep and oxen that could not be counted or numbered for the multitude. So imagine that. Remember I told you Solomon offered up 1,000, then he had his visitation from God with that that um, being able to ask for what he wanted and desired, because God already knew the intent of his heart. Well, they offered up sacrifices now after the temple has been erected with um, a multitude that could not even be numbered. So the priest brought in the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord to its place into the inner sanctuary. So it was already in a high place. It was elevated. And the reason why they went on mountaintops, Mount Moriah, was because they were saying it was like a go-between, an intermediate, <laughs> intermediate between, uh, that's not the word, it, it was a, a go-between, we'll use that. It was a go-between between the common land down and heaven above. So remember that, that the Lord Jesus Christ is our intermediate. He is the one that is our go-between. Wow. So they, they erected this. They put the ark there. They had everything in place and proper position. Everybody was doing their part. And then I want to read to you verse 10. Nothing was in the ark except for two tablets, which Moses put there at Horeb. So remember when he was on Mount Sinai and he had the tablets, the Ten Commandments of God. Well, that was the only thing really in the ark because God's presence wasn't necessarily in that ark. Um, He just manifested his glory in that way and that reminded him of his presence and that housed very sacred things of God. Isn't that what we are? The very housing of sacred things of God, his treasures that's in this earthen vessel, his word, his spirit, the things that he has given to us. So nothing was in there except for the covenant that he had made with the children. So the covenant just means simply a promise, an oath, um, a binding, an agreement that he made with his people. And number um, verse number 
I want to read this. And then it came to pass when the priest came out of the most holy place, for all the priests who were um, present had sanctified themselves without keeping to their divisions. So they came consecrated. They came sanctified. Sanctified simply means set apart. Um, They came ready to do what they knew they had to do, and that was part of them being on one accord. And the Levites, who were the singers, all those of Asap, I thought that was interesting, too, because Asap is the one that's mentioned in writing um, several psalms. You can check that out, too. So their brethren, they stood at the east end of the altar, clothed in white linen. So they didn't just show up any kind of way. They they sanctified themselves. They offered up sacrifices. They were properly dressed in the right attire, and they had their cymbals and their string instruments and their hearts with them, and they had 120 priests that were sounding with the trumpets. So they were in proper position, and here's verse 13. And indeed, it came to pass when the trumpets and the singers were on as one. Remember that they were as one to make one sound, and when they lifted excuse me, one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voices with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, this is what they said, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. They all came together on one chord, lifted up one voice, made one sound. And can you imagine how that must have heard, um, um, resounded in heaven, and how God must have heard that, um, hearing his people coming together and being like-minded for one purpose, which is to lift up their voice on one accord to praise and thank him? They did this in the house. That the house, the house of the Lord, because this is his house was filled with a cloud. So the cloud here, it does two things. It reveals the presence and the manifestation of God, but it also conceals the glory of God because they can't see him, God is spirit, right? So it reveals that his presence is there, but it also uh, conceals the fact that his presence is there and who he really is in his essence because we can't look on God and live. And so the priest could not continue ministering because of the clouds. Remember I said the high priest, the priest that went into the holies of holies. God inhabited the people with his presence through a cloud, and so much so that the priest could not carry out their function of doing what they were doing. They couldn't complete their program. They couldn't stick to their script. Now, have we been in a place where we come together and we have an agenda and we worship God and we're on one accord and our hearts are set towards him and we're thanking and we're praising God and so much so that it gets his attention that his glory cloud, if you will, his presence inhabits us and we cannot continue with our program because when he shows up, everything else don't matter. Everything else on the agenda doesn't even matter. So they couldn't continue along with their program, and they were people of order, and they followed ordinances, right? But when he showed up and he revealed himself yet being still concealed, they couldn't do their normal duties of doing their stuff that they normally did. And how did God show up and why and what happened? 
we got sacrifices going on. We've got praise and we've got thanksgiving going on. We've got people being on one accord and of the same mind, lifting up one voice unto God. And he's, this is getting his attention. So the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. And then Solomon spoke. And most of the time, you know, I don't really just kind of follow through on every single chapter, but I'm seeing how this is all tying together and how it's working together and how in Chapter 6, now that was my primary text, but in Chapter 6 I just couldn't stop reading because it just made sense that the Lord – he would dwell in a dark cloud. So this was a dark cloud. So sometimes even when we see the dark cloud, it don't have to mean something bad. It can manifest the fervency of God. It can manifest his presence so deep that it's unmistakable from, from anything else that we've um, ever seen or experienced before. Um, and so Solomon now, he is talking about, um, he, they're actually going to dedicate the temple in chapter 6 to God to complete this ceremony. And this ceremony went on for seven days, right? Seven is the number of completion. And on the eighth day, God did some things, right? But they dedicated the temple. And what I love about Solomon is that he remembered that this was supposed to be the house of God. And what he did is when he went before the people, he stood up on a platform and he put God in remembrance of his word and the promises that he had made to the children of Israel through Abraham and David. And I didn't tell you this, but in Chronicles, they were kind of in a, a, a bad place because they were wondering, because of their continued sin, if God was really going to continue or um, follow through on the promises that he made to bless them, the promises that he had given to Abraham and then to David. And so because they found themselves just coming out of captivity um, under the Babylonians, they were like, well, God, you made us some promises. Where are they? So does that sound like us today? Um, God, you make me some great and exceeding promises. Where are they? And what God is telling his people is that he is absolutely faithful, but he wants us to do some certain things that he has already told us to do. So Solomon is putting God in remembrance of the promises that he has made. And what I love, let me read a couple of things here. He says, God, after he reminded God of his promises made to Abraham and to, to, to Isaac and Jacob and to David for that matter. Now God turns around and says, okay, yet I have chosen Jerusalem that my name may be there. And he also says, and I have chosen David to be over my people Israel. And remember he told um, David that to his kingdom there would be no end. And we absolutely know that the Lord Jesus Christ is in the lineage of King David. So that is a fulfillment of what he has promised. But while you're in the midst of stuff and going through stuff, it's really hard to see the prophetic word that's been spoken over your life. It's really hard to see and remember the promises of God when everything in our lives seems to be contrary to what he promised. But nevertheless, we have to hold on and remain faithful to God because he is faithful to us and he is not a God that he can lie. And if he absolutely spoke something to us, it doesn't matter what it looks like or how it feels. His word shall accomplish what he sent out it to do, that he already established it before we got here. So it really is a trick of the enemy to get us off 
course and to make us miss out on the promises of God and our destiny. But I'm so grateful for Proverbs. I think it's 22, somewhere over there. And it talks about, you know, um, many other plans in the man's heart, but the Lord's plans are still going to prevail. So no matter the details, no matter the derailing, no matter the stuff that we might do to even try to self-sabotage at some point, right, God is still going to fulfill his promises. And that's what he says, verse 6, um, excuse me, verse 10 in chapter 6. So the Lord has fulfilled his word which he spoke. The Lord has fulfilled it. This has already been established in our lives, and we simply have to line ourselves up with the word of God that's already been declared and decreed over our lives. So Solomon makes this declaration to God in prayer. And so I'm starting to think, and so I'm thinking maybe that's why now when Jesus went into the temple and turned it over because of the money changers, he said, you made this a den of thieves. My house shall be called a house of prayer. I think it comes from Second um, Chronicles 6 because Solomon goes into this in-depth dedication. So Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the assemblies of Israel and spread out his hands. And then he knelt down on his knees before the whole assembly of Israel, spread out his hands towards heaven, and he started making proclamations and declarations towards God, that your eyes may be open towards the temple day and night towards the place where you said you would put your name, that you may hear the prayers which your servants make towards you in this place. So remember, Solomon said, I can't make you a place that you can dwell. You're too great, too big to to dwell in this place. But what we are making is a place of sacrifice, a place of prayer, where we can come before you and offer our prayers. And I pray that you open your eyes and you attend your ears to hear the prayers of your people. So listen, hear from heaven your dwelling place, and when you hear, forgive. So remember, we're still in Second Chronicles, right? Verse 24, or if your people of Israel are defeated before any enemy because they have sinned against you and returned and confess your name and pray and make supplications before you in your temple, then hear from heaven and forgive their sins, your people Israel, and bring them back to the land which you have given them and to their fathers. So bring us back into right position with you as you forgive our sins. So that took me right to this is why we have Second Chronicles seven fourteen. If my people, but let me read one. Let me not get ahead of myself. I'm excited about that. Look, verse twelve. Moreover, concerning the foreigners, so he talked about when people came from foreign lands and they came into the temple and they came to pray that you would forgive their sins. You would hear from heaven, forgive their sins. Right? He even talked about, and this might be why people pray towards the east, because he talked about when people are dispersed and they turn towards your holy city, Jerusalem that you would hear them, excuse me, and you would forgive their sins. So so I'm just making connections in my mind, and that must be why, you know, Daniel had to pray a certain way and open his window. That must be why, you know, certain people who still believe, you know, to the extent when they pray five times a day, they're still praying towards the east. That must be where this comes from, or it might be associated with that. That's just my thinking. If you have any other opinions on that, let me know. Chapter 7. So when Solomon had finished praying, here's another manifestation. The fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offerings and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple, and the priests could not enter the house. Look, they couldn't even enter this time. 
And this time, when they were in the Holies of Holies, I don't know if everybody that was had assembled together could see everything going on because the cloud had filled and they could not minister. And remember, the priests were in the Holies of Holies with the Ark of the Covenant. Well, with that veil being there, some, maybe they couldn't see. But when that fire came down and lapped up all the offerings, because the offerings and the burnt sacrifices were in the outer court, Right, The people were able to see this, and they absolutely knew that God had accepted them dedicating this temple unto him. And the priests, they could not enter. So they couldn't even enter this time. It didn't say they couldn't do their ministry. They couldn't go in because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. And when all the children saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord on the temple, they bowed their faces to the ground on the pavement and worshipped and praised the Lord God again, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Aren't you glad that his mercy endures forever? Now listen to what they offered up as sacrifices. 22,000 bulls and 120,000 sheep. So the kings of all the people dedicated the house of God. They were serious about this thing. And at that time, Solomon kept the feast for seven days. But here's the scripture that we always quote, and I see now the relevance and the importance of it. So we have Second Chronicles. I'm going to read 12 first. Then the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said to him, I have heard your prayers. Remember, remember the people here from heaven, forgive their sins, and have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. When I shut up the heavens and there is no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land, or send pestilence among my people, Second Chronicles seven fourteen. if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray. Listen, we have to have a posture that's low before God. We have to talk to him and seek my face. There's no other way but to turn towards him and turn from our wicked ways. There's some stuff we got to get rid of, renounce, and be done with. Then will I hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sins and heal their land. I'm real quick to quote that scripture, but I didn't have the background based on what this was. This was about a temple being dedicated. Now, bring it up to 21st century. Bring it up to New Testament, right? This temple is the same thing that we can talk about when we look at the Lord Jesus Christ, when he talked about, you know, you destroy this temple and I will raise it up in three days. And so they was talking about what in the world are you saying? And Jesus answered to them and said, listen, let me read you. This this is um, John 2. And 19. Then Jesus answered and said to them, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Right? So going back to verse 11, this beginning of signs Jesus did in Canaan of Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. So in chapter 2 of John, this is where we have his first miracle at the wedding feast where he turned the water into wine. And he had to talk to these people because they were asking him all kinds of questions and trying to figure out who he was. And so he literally told them um, as he did this, and I thought that was interesting too since we're talking about glory, as he turned the water into wine, this was a man manifestation of his power that's what it says of his glory so he's revealing remember what the cloud does it reveals god but it also conceals because they still didn't understand but his glory was still revealed he it was a manifestation of his glory and i never paid attention to that so it's really interesting how we get these themes and it just brings out stuff in us but jesus said 
verse 21. But he was speaking of the temple of his body. So that's the first thing we're talking about. So then we go over and we flip to John 1 and 1. So in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and he was in the beginning God, and all things were made through him, and without him was nothing made that was made. And then we go to verse 14, and the Word became flesh, and it dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, because in the flesh we show a manifestation of God. So we beheld the glory, the glory as of the only begotten, of the Father, full of grace and truth. Then go to Second, um, excuse me, First Corinthians six and three. I believe it's First Corinthians or is it Second Corinthians? Give me a minute to get there. So he said he would destroy the temple. Remember, he would absolutely destroy the temple. I'm almost there. 6 and 19, and I'll read 18. Well, I don't need to read that, but it talks about fleeing sexual immorality, right? So this is the thing. This is how it ties into us today. Verse 19 in 1 Corinthians 6, and it says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? So we talked about a temple. We talked about the temple being um, what they resurrected before God as a place of prayer, as a place of sacrifice, as a place of consecration. And so now, because of the Lord Jesus Christ being the first partaker of this and his body um, being led down into the, the grave, it, it was destroyed, if you will, um, but, but he came up with full power and dominion over death and hell. So now death has no more sting and the grave has no more victory over us because of him being resurrected and he's talking about this temple now that we have where he desires to dwell and reside in and he's dwelling on the inside of us so do you not know that your body is the temple of the holy spirit who is in you whom you have from god and you are not your own for you were brought with a price therefore check this out glorify god in your body you I have an opportunity to glorify God in how we live and how we love and how we entreat people and how we take care of and steward over this body and how we are the glory carriers and the manifestation, really, of his glory living in and through us. So a glory, the temple, is a tabernacle, it's a dwelling place, it's a sanctuary for God. And now the glory of God is the person of the Holy Spirit that dwells inside every single believer. And what's our responsibility? Romans 12 and 1, simple. He says, I therefore beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that we present our bodies, our temples, his dwelling place, as a living sacrifice. So here it is again. We've been told, I mean, we read about what they did in the temple. They offered up sacrifices. Now we have, because of the blood, we don't have to offer sacrifices of goats and rams and bulls, but our bodies are actual living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto God because of Jesus and what he did for us. So our bodies are the temple, his resting, residing, dwelling place. 
And this is the least that we can do is what it says. And we do this by not yielding to this flesh. And don't be conformed by this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of our minds that we might prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So many people want to know what the will of God is. Well, his will is that we would um, yield to him by his spirit. Remember that our bodies are his dwelling place and that we are the temple that he desires to rest in. And so we have treasures in this earth and vessels, the Holy Spirit. Spirit, the Word of God, the fruit of the Spirit, everything that He's given in us to pertain to life and godliness dwells in us. And then we can reveal His glory by how we live our lives. So just real quick, how much time I got? Oh, well, I'm out of time. But anyway, I just want to recap really, really quick because there were just some things that I just found interesting to pull out. (laughs) And I tried to use everything with an O, right? So then the house was filled with the cloud, and this was done through obedience, right? Solomon was obedient to do what David told him to do, what God had told him to do, and he did it exactly how he was commanded to do it. He didn't make up his own design or his own plans. He used the same structure that Moses had been given and that David had been given. And then they ordinances, they kept the ordinances, so they offered up sacrifices, Second Chronicles 1 and 6. Um, Solomon offered up 1,000 burnt offerings, and God visited him and had given him wisdom and given him honor that he didn't even ask for. And the priests and the leaders, they sanctified themselves, and they operated in their roles over in Second Chronicles 5 and 1, and they brought the Ark of the Covenant in as they were instructed, um, and they did what they were supposed to do. So, so here's a side note. For as far as the the things that they had, the chalices and the the drinking utensils and all that stuff um, that they had that were part of the sacraments, that were part of the things that were used in the temple, well, if they, remember Darius, not Darius, remember um, Belshazzar, when Daniel in chapter 5, you can read it, when, when he was king, he had a party, a big feast or whatever, and so he was like, bring me all those sacred things, because he wasn't honoring God, that was not his God. Bring me all those sacred things, and they started to drink out of um, the chalices and use the utensils and use the things that were used in the temple to honor um, to honor God. And, and remember the handwriting on the wall? I was like, wow, God, the handwriting on the wall was because he defiled the sacred things. So us being the temple now and us being um, set apart for his dwelling place, if we defile this temple, what happens to us? So so maybe that's why we have so much stuff going on in our minds and in our bodies, and we've been talking about this, you know, the, the generational curses and the cycles and the, the transgressions and the sins and the things that we don't even know that we've opened up door to and we've given place to for the enemy to come in legally um, and take up some, you know, stuff and steal, kill, and destroy. And every time I was listening to a preacher recently, and he was saying he's not always trying to kill us, he's just trying to steal some stuff that rightfully belongs to us, Right? And because we come into agreement, because we're out of alignment, because we don't even recognize how we're giving him access legally to come in and just steal and take out some stuff from under us. And I used to say, I don't want nothing that he stole because he's taken. But listen, if he's stealing and killing and robbing and, and taking your peace and um, that rightfully belongs to you because it's been given to you by God, and if he's wreaking havoc in your children's lives and they are an inheritance from the Lord and they are a gift from God, he has no legal right to do that, right, except we had given it to him. So we need to go 
back and look at some of the areas where we've opened up those doors and we've come into agreement with him so that we can make sure that we are um, keeping the ordinances. And I'm not talking about rules and the law stuff, but what God has told us in his word that we know our lives aren't lining up with. And then three, they were on one accord. All the people came together. They were as one, and they made one sound. And I love declare victory. When we first came on, the mandate was open your mouth. And then we read that we overcame him, who the devil, by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And we often forget this, but we love not our lives even unto death, because initially God's dwelling place was a tent that Moses erected. Now he moved up into this elaborate um temple that Solomon, which was the first one that he erected. And then the Lord Jesus Christ, that was torn down, by the way, by the Babylonians. And so the Lord Jesus Christ had to come and let them know, listen, destroy this temple. You destroyed all them other ones, but destroy this one. I bet you it'll come back. And so now we are here as his temple, his body. And what do we do? We offer up praise and thanksgiving. This is number four. Offering up praise and thanksgiving for the Lord is good and his mercy they're new every morning, and they endure forever. So I thought about Psalms 22 and 3, how it talks about God inhabits, he rests in, dwells in, resides in the praises of his people Israel. We are engrafted into that royal family, and he rests in. Is that the cloud of glory that rests on the people? Was that then because they praised him, and he desires the praises, so he rests in, and he comes in and shows up? So we thought it was worship, but maybe it starts with praise and it enters into worship as we bow down and find ourselves on our face or prostrate even in our hearts towards him. That's a posture that we have for God. Then the glory comes in, his glory, his presence, his manifested presence, even in his power, whether it's revealed or concealed, we start seeing the glory and the miracles and the signs and the wonders as Jesus did his first miracle with the water and the wine. And I'm sorry I had to say so much and read so much, but I wanted you to see it right in the Word because this stuff is not made up. So much so that we have to make sure that we're not so rigid that we miss the glory of God where he wants to come in and wreck our plans. And if you got your life so planned out and figured out, that's great. But don't be so flexible where you can't change it when he wants to come in and put you really on purpose, in purpose. So the glory of the Lord filled the house. His glory is filling each and every one of us. So now we are his permanent dwelling place. And we have made his temple a habitation where he desires to reside in. So lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up. The King of glory has already come in, and he is in you. And he desires for us to live a life that's pleasing before him and that will give him glory as I pass the call. So, Father, we thank you on this morning as we have been given instructions on this morning. Father, even in our own homes, it shall be called the house of prayer. On this morning, thank you for the woman of God, Sister Lisa, as she gave everything that she could from down on the inside. Thank you for our greeter on this morning, Sister Bubbly, always so excited when she answers that phone or one coming on. She praises and worships even the doorkeeper is as important. And so we thank you 
We thank you that we're surrounded this morning. And anywhere in Proverbs 1 and 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and instructions on this morning, God. We ask humbly, Lord, that you will give us our instructions for today, our daily bread on today. We believe that everything works together for the good of them that loves you. And God, it is your mercy that endures forever. Thank you, O oh God, for a sound mind on this morning. Thank you for waking up with the activities of our limbs on this morning. Thank you for we the people declare and decree, O oh God, that our bodies are the living temple of the Holy Spirit. And so this morning, we cry out to you, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So on this morning, God, we bow down. We kneel at your, at your feet on this morning, oh God. We humble ourselves. Thank you for the word that comes to correct. It comes to reprove us, oh God. On this morning, God, open our eyes that we may behold the wondrous things out of thy law. On this morning, we need to know everything before going in into our prayer closets. We need to know that it is so important that we don't carry last week's junk on our, on our, on our plate this morning. So this morning, we ask in you, O oh God, to wipe the plate clean on this morning. Thank you, O oh God, for fasting and prayer on this morning. Thank you, O oh God. You said if your people which are called by your name would humble themselves, Oh, my God, on this morning, I thank you, oh, God, that we are even able to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Thank you for lifting us up, oh, God. Thank you for our bow-down heads that we had. Now our hearts have been uh, scraped on this morning. Our slates are, have been wiped clean. This is a new day. Yesterday's is, is behind us. So, God, we ask for your instructions on today. Thank you for the word. Father God, as we invoke your presence, it is glory and honor, God, that is due your name. Not our will, but thy will be done on this morning. Thy kingdom come on this morning, God. Blessed is he, as my sister said, who comes in the name of the Lord. So on this morning, Father God, I'm asking all the prayer warriors to call out holy, holy, for he is good and his mercy endures forever on this morning. So I'm calling all the uh, prayer warriors to come in and begin to invoke in the presence, and our voice will become one, one people, one body of believers on this morning, for nothing shall separate us from the love of God. We thank you because of your eternal truth on this morning. And you said the truth shall set us free. So on this morning, I ask you to come in and begin to worship. Oh, hallelujah. Yes, Lord, oh, my God. Glory, 
how soon do we forget we go right on our knees and come right up and we go right back into the same place. Help us to believe, oh God, that you are a healer. Perhaps you are sick in your body on this morning. But he said, lay it at the altar on this morning. Blessings is here on this morning. Peace is here on this morning. Joy is here on this morning. Thank you for changing our prayer language, oh God. That this is the most sacred time, oh God, that we can come and sup with you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you for being Lord of Lords and Kings of King on this morning. And we do bless your name. We bless your name. Be with us throughout the day, oh God. Someone is traveling a dangerous highway. Someone's in the air flying this morning, oh God, to go to this place to celebrate what they call Thanksgiving, oh God. But our Thanksgiving is to you. Not to turkey and dressing and all the goodies that they have, but God, you are the trim of our lives, oh God. And so on this morning, I'm asking you, God, help us to trim back these wicks that have grown, overgrown, oh God, on this morning. Some of us have ran out of oil that can be in our lamp, oh God, on this morning, oh God, let the oil flow. If you want to be healed, if you want to be saved, if you want to be free, this is the time of worship on this morning, oh God. Thank you for hearing us. Thank you for hearing us. Everything, oh God. Hallelujah. And everything belongs to Him. Thank you, oh God, on today. Thank you. As we challenge each other, oh God, help us to be more like You, oh God. We're in this world, but we're not of it, oh God. And our days are being numbered as we uh, wake up each day, oh God. And so, Lord, I pray this day. That is the blessed day of our life. Not the best, but the blessed. Oh, God, we thank you. <laughs> look at Amen. our children. Look yes, at on this nation of people, oh, God. Amen. Look at on our city, oh, God. Listen to our live voice, oh, God. I don't know what good news or bad news. We have so much going on, God, but we thank you all today. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah, that we can lean on you, oh, God. Thank you, Jesus. And even as the uh, men prayed and believed, they fasted. And they had their faces set like a flint, oh God, on this Some of us need to set our face like a flint and get close to the fire. Hallelujah. So you can burn out some of the drought in our lives, oh God. 
said, I thank you all today, God. I thank you all today. Breath to breath on this morning, thanks to God. Back to back with each other, oh God. We don't doubt you, God, that you can do anything but fail. And so yet we thank you again for this opportunity just to call out your name. It is in the matchless name of Jesus. It's in the matchless name of Jesus. Lord Jesus. Lord, and we got it on this morning. Thank you for allowing us to soul search. God, clean out every crevice of our mind. Help us by renewing us on today. As I pass the call back to Sister Lisa, thank you, woman of God. Thank you, people of God. Thank you, woman of God, for your prayers. I have heard your prayers and have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. He's heard our prayers. He's hearing from heaven. Our prayers go up as a sweet incense before him in a bowl that he desires for us as we intercede, as we pray, as we come together, as we humble ourselves, as we lay aside the stuff and the weight and the hindrances, and we come on one accord before him. Hmm. It's almost like the water being troubled, and he is saying, what do you want me to do for you? I'm here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I pray that um, I said something that blessed, um, didn't confuse, <laughs> um, that that you understood where I was going. I pray it came out like it was in me. <laughs> um, and I just thank God for the uh, opportunity to share before you. So good morning. Good morning. Thank you, Sister Geraldine. Thank you so much for that prayer. Um, oh, that God would rend the heavens and come down. Listen, we know he's on the inside of us, but there's something about his manifested presence. Amen. Somebody's getting in some good sleep. I'm so glad. It's probably the most peaceful place you <laughs> you got right now, so go on. Enjoy. Good morning. Welcome to the call. Did anybody um, join late that wants to say good morning? Good morning, it's Sister Tracy. Hey, Sister Tracy. Good morning. Good morning, family. Sonda. Hi, lady. Good morning. Good morning, this is Pam. Good morning. Good morning, Pam. Good morning. Good morning, it's Juliet. Good morning, Sister Victoria family. This is Denise. Hey, Denise. Good morning. Good morning. I've been up for a long time. Can y'all tell I don't have my morning voice? <laughs> Starting a little. Good morning. Anybody else want to say good morning? Good morning. This is Tanya. Hey, Tanya. Good morning. 
welcome. Good morning, family. This is Leisha. Hey, Leisha. Good morning, sis. Anyone else? Amen. The Saturday calls are sometimes a little light, and believe me, I totally get it, because when you have to get up five days a week and Sunday, <clears throat> excuse me, um, sometimes Saturday is the only time you can sleep in, so I understand. Um, welcome, and I thank God for all of you that did make the sacrifice to get up this morning and get on a call, because you didn't have to, um, but I pray that something was said that blessed you or that um, um, can help you to even um, prompt you to want to go study even more. Um, maybe something was said that you didn't know before, like when I was studying some of this stuff. I'm just so amazed how I already know his word is, is congruent and it's tied together, but it's something about when he just starts showing you and we can start making connections, and um, I'm, I just love the word. I just thank God for his word. So does anybody have any questions, need any clarification about anything or just have something to say or want to share? Yes, Krishanda. Well, yes, this is uh, Leisha. Okay, so um, Krishanda, Krishanda and then Leisha, would you guys mind going in that order? Okay. Thank you. So I wanted to say, first of all, what an awesome declaration. So, so good. And just how beautiful your sound was this morning, if I use that term. So I guess I'm on a victory call, and that's the term we use. But just your your voice was was so beautiful. And I could just hear how much you love the Lord, and you're such a great um, tell uh, just explain the word so well, but you just love you love the word. I could just hear how much you love the word, and it made me so hungry to want to study more, to go deeper. Um, it was just such neat. And I, and in the beginning, when you were talking, so mind you, I was sleepy. I was up at three. You know, I got the call at three, and I didn't know what I was supposed to pray for, so I didn't get good rest last night. So um, you were talking and you were describing the thousands of, I'll just say, employees. And I think about me working in Silicon Valley, and I was thinking about Google and Kaiser and all the employees of these companies and what they're doing right. And you were talking about how God gave them wisdom and all these other things. And then you were talking about us being the temple of the Holy Ghost, right, that we are these vessels, but blah, 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 right? So, And I was thinking about us as temples going into the Googles and the Kaisers and all that stuff. If we're not in a place, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. So anyway, I'll just stop there, but it was so much and so rich, but I was just thinking about us vessels going out into these places. Oh, God, if we're walking in the fullness of God, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. I'm going on mute because I'm saying too much. Yes, glory to God. I love that. And I love when I when I hear something and it makes me want to go look for myself. And so, amen, glory to God for that. Um, and absolutely, so how are we showing up? And so Jesus knew. It, it was like he gave him a glimpse of his glory. Because remember when he showed up for that, that, that wedding feast, he was like, my hour has not come yet. You trying to expose me all before time, right? <laughs> but he went ahead and he turned that water into wine anyway. Um, and that showed a glimpse of his glory. Glory. That's really interesting. So think about that, right? As we manifest and allow him to move in and through us and do what he's called us to do, it's a manifestation of his glory being revealed through us. 
and I think somebody mentioned that from this whole month, but it kind of ties into what everybody's been saying. It's a way of us um, allowing him to show up in us, right, and revealing his glory. And the thing we have to be so careful to do is not take the glory for ourselves because we didn't gift ourselves. It's his manifestation. And, wow, we just should be honored because here's honor to be even chosen and used by him. So that he will, yeah, show his glory to somebody that needs to see it. Truth be told, we all need to see it. Thank you, sis. Um, Alicia, you have something? Hi, hi. good morning, family. Um, This is Alicia, and I just wanted to um, thank you for, you know, your sacrifice and your love for God that you would give me on a Saturday morning and give us such a wonderful declaration you know, um, you were talking about how as you read the scriptures and how you, you know, have read it at different times and it says different things. And, you know, what came in my spirit is that's because the word is alive and God gives us what he needs us to have at that particular time. Yeah. And so when you were talking about earthen vessels and when you said that we are those earthen vessels, something hit me like, wow. That's why it's so important that I really surrender my life to God, that I'm committed no matter what. You know, and I had somebody come to me this week, you know, and I, I know it was the enemy trying to get me to sin. And I'm like, oh, no, uh-uh, I can't upset my father. Come on. The person was like, wow, I respect your commitment. God been too good and you know, I, I, I don't know, I already did enough sinning and messed up. I'm not saying that I don't have times when I slip, but yeah. I'm not out here just willfully sinning, just like, oh, no, I'm going to do that and repent later. Oh, yeah. no, because God has just been too good. And, you know, I represent him, you know, even on my job, you know, it's a lot of evil. And so I'm just praying for the people and people just targeting me. And as you were talking about God sharing his glory, that's what it is. God is sharing his glory with me and the people see it and they don't know how to handle it. So all I can do is pray for them because yeah. I'm not going to dim my light for them, but I'm going to give God the glory and keep praying for them. So I'm so grateful that I, you know, uh, called in today because I, I always hear just what I'm supposed to hear. So God bless everybody. God bless you, sis. Look, and stay on the wall. I'm reminded of Nehemiah while they was on the wall, rebuilding the wall. They had a hammer to build and a sword to fight the other one, right? And they was not coming down until they were done. So as we show up and represent the glory of God in and through us, you're right. People are not going to like us. But that's part of the sacrifice. That's part of us showing up because Jesus showed up and he stayed up on that cross because that was a sacrifice that he had to make for us. So who are we to not want to sacrifice nothing? And I get it because sometimes we don't be feeling like it. But, yes, congratulations for passing that test too, sis, because they come. (laughs) They come. So thank God that your mind is made up and you're steadfast, right? And you're right. It's not like we're not going to never not do anything again. But our mind is, first we have to have a willing mind not to even enter into sin. And because of the goodness of the Lord, that draws us into repentance. He has been so good to us that we shouldn't even want to, you know, sin against him. And and that's a growing to get there kind of point. So, amen, sis. Sounds like you are there and and continuing on. So I'm praying for your, uh, people say pray for my strength. I'm praying for your steadfastness. (laughs) 
I appreciate that. God bless you. God bless you too, sis. Anybody else? Good morning. To God be the glory. I would be remiss if I didn't say something. I'm in in real estate. And when you described the temple, even though I've read it, Mm -hmm. but hearing your, uh, God put an anointing on you to teach this, this morning, because for me, your clarity was so crisp and clear, and you came across so sweet. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it, it dawned on me, not that it, it may have dawned on me before, but like I got it. Those, those descriptions came from heaven, yeah. okay? Mm-hmm. And if they came from heaven, and he built like that, okay? Does heaven yeah. have buildings like that? <laughs> Is what my spirit said to me, and I I've walked into some, and I'm in commercial real estate, but there's a difference oh, wow. between residential and commercial. Mm-hmm. So commercial buildings, you look at the architecture of the building, the year, the all this stuff. Okay, mm-hmm. now I ain't never seen nothing like that. Not and then it just, it, 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 I said, oh my God, this is how rich you are. This yeah. is the royalty that we come from. I mean, all these things just started exploding in my head. Yeah. Yes, yes we live below our authority. Mm-hmm. You know, we... Yeah. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I get it, yes. <laughs> right. I can see my gas. Yes, yes. I need to go back over this and take this in. I mean, really take this in because... It le- it lends to so much. I mean, we take those priest words and those royalty words lightly, I think. Yeah. Too lightly. But to really know who you belong to and who you are and who you're called by, mm-hmm. and yeah. that you answer to it and you heard it when so many people don't answer to it and don't hear it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Lord, yeah. Jesus, yeah. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus. <laughs> you know, I... <laughs> I was like, wow, okay, I missed this long time ago, but I'm getting it now. <laughs> so, amen to you. I just, amen. every day I come on here, I'm saying, I'm going to be quiet today. I'm just not going to be quiet. <laughs> yes, this is Priscilla. <laughs> you had to out you and call your name, right? <laughs> <Stop>. Exactly. <laughs> Girl, you family. It's all right. It's good. <laughs> I just want to say thank you again. It's just awesome, just awesome. And I just hope people just take it, those who are listening, just take it in the the description of, of, of the design that came from heaven. Yes. That must represent, it has to mm-hmm. represent the homes and, and the buildings and things that you're going to see in heaven one day that are that exist today, mm-hmm. that has to be. Right. No doubt about it. God <laughs> anyway, is a God of order. <laughs> so, Priscilla, I'm going to take this one step further. You see how we're enamored and in awe of the treasures that were made by man's hands? But what about us being made by his hands? Hmm. This This right now temple, us. That man is trying to reduplicate and trying to reproduce, and they cannot. Because we're his handiwork. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about that? Yeah. How about that? That's that. That's that. That's that. Yeah, how about that? Mm. Mm. 
how are we treating this temple? Mm-hmm. That's conviction for for me too. So, Amen. <laughs> thank you, Lord. Yeah. Sis, yeah. Thank you for speaking up. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and and I know if Dion's on the call, she probably heard that commercial real estate because we need a building to do some stuff. <laughs> Oh well, you know, oh, I, I, God, God lines things up for a reason, yeah. you know, yeah. you know, and I know this is, where, <laughs> and I know this is where I'm supposed to be. There's no doubt in my mind. I don't know what, how, what, why, but I'm just being obedient, and you know, I can't wait to get on the call. I, you know, for me, I'm not saying I don't fall asleep some days, and I'm not saying I'm not tired, but you know, I'm just like. Yes. <laughs> for anyway, praise God. Whatever yeah. I can do to be a help. I can be upset, you know. Whatever. Amen. We're so glad you're here. Listen, um, you're not the only one. We we call in like on off days, on holidays. <laughs> we just can't help it. Listen, and some people will call in and go right back to sleep, but they'll be on this phone call. It just becomes part of who we are. Six years is, I hate to say it, it's a habit, but it's a good habit. And we have just um, been able to become a family and grow in so many different areas of our lives. And um, just now realizing some things we just got to let go of. I mean, we've been teaching it for a while, but, you know, just coming into the knowledge when it's time for us to get a certain thing, we get it. And so we just keep sticking to the Word of God. And that's what we need when we need it. And I think Alicia was saying that. What we need when we need it, he he makes it ready for us because we're in a position now and have the capacity to receive. And so mm-hmm. I'm just grateful for all of you all to um, just being a part of my life to this extent where we're just growing together. So, Amen. Thank you, Priscilla, and we're glad you're here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and don't stop talking, girl. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Anybody else? Hey, Sister Lisa, good morning. This good is morning. Pam. Hey, that was Pam. amazing, amazing share. I've been chomping at the bit to get in here, too. <laughs> hey, uh, um, so good, such good stuff. Um, could you um, remind me, because I had to run and get my book, my Bible open, too. It just mm-hmm. sparked some things into me as well. What scripture was that you're reading? And we we have, was that, what's, was it Chronicles? Um, so for the main text was Second Chronicles, and then talking about being the temple was First um, Corinthians six and nineteen, and then Romans presenting our bodies Romans twelve and one as living sacrifices, which is part of our responsibility as a temple. You know that He's given. I us. loved, I loved how you. I really did appreciate um, as well how you highlighted the building of the temple and the ancient the 18 ounces of um, gold of the nail. Um, right? <laughs> yeah. It just really brought out the, just the colors, and it was just beautiful. Um, and it was also what touched me, and I never had as I, like, um, pondered over that in the past, is how God lapped up the offering. Like, that's what spoke to me for the first time ever, mm-hmm. is he lapped it up, and wow, like, mm-hmm. what that must have been like. Right. You know, I don't yeah. know, that's what, where I am right now, is like, wow, to finally, like, get that, and what that fire meant. I used to, I, I, I read that so many times, fire came down from heaven, no clue really what it really meant. I got it today. So praise God, and that was, you were just really anointed to, with that, I'm like, is she a Bible study teacher too? But praise God, love you, big sis. 
Have a Amen. blessed day, everybody. Love you too. Thank you, Pam. I believe we all are in the process of becoming who God would have us to be, and the word that you have in your mouth is specific for somebody, and that's with everybody on the call. So I'm just so grateful. Um, yeah, that fire coming down representing his acceptance of the sacrifice, um, yeah, that 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 was pretty incredible, and and it wasn't just for the the priests in the temple to see; it was for everybody, and then everybody responded appropriately. Yeah, so when we have the Lord. presence of God, do we respond appropriately? Do we bow our face down to the ground, or at least our hearts, which is a sign of humility, right? To acknowledge the fact. I said this before. I heard Pastor Hart Ramsey say this. You know, we're so good when the bishop comes in the room. We um. We stand up and we give him honor, but when the presence of God comes in the room, we have a tendency to sit down and not give him the glory that he desires and wants, right? We sit down on the glory of God and stand up to honor men. So, yeah, they they fell on their faces, basically, and um, acknowledged the presence. And and that's one of those things. God is saying, you're going to bow. You're going to do it willingly or in unwillingly because every knee is going to bow and every tongue shall confess. And I'm so grateful that he opened our eyes so that we can make the confession Raise that Christ is Lord. Yes. Right. So, um, yeah. And, 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 you know, I don't say that kind of slight because I'm trying to really be sensitive to those that don't believe because I recognize that their eyes are blinded by the God of this world. And so they just don't know. But it's mm-hmm. our responsibility as glory carriers, as the ones that have this weight that's so wonderful and powerful on the inside of us to be used by God so that the Holy Spirit can open their eyes. It's not us doing it, but he's using mm-hmm. us to do it, that their eyes would be open to the truth of the glorious gospel. That's the word of God that has a way of penetrating a heart and changing a life and even converting um, a soul and saving a soul, being being saved by the preached word, by the spoken word, which is alive, Alicia, which is alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword and is able to penetrate and cut and even heal as it's coming out after it's got down and been there and got rid of the stuff that's been causing us to be sick all the infection, pus, and junk, and then it comes out and it heals. So it's a two-edged sword, right? Yeah. (laughs) Thank you, Pam. Thank you. Uh, Anybody else have anything? Hey, Lisa, it's you. Hey, G. Hey, you. I didn't hear all of it. I was in and out. I will... <laughs> That's okay. Was that you snoring? No. <laughs> I don't think I was. No. <laughs> but anyway, I did hear about us being earthy vessels, and I, you know, that you know we carry God's glory. Um, I I want to definitely go back and listen to this. So first, of all, I'm asking you, when is it going to be back on? When is it going to be on the line? Will it go straight on there? Will, I, I don't think and- so. I think it takes a little bit of time for it to go into the um, to the. Um, the Declare Victory app. It just depends on when they can get to it. But it's not like immediately, unless somebody just posts it um, in the Victory Room. But but it yes. just takes a couple of days, I think. That's what I thought. But uh, anyway, I just wanted to just kind of like what you were talking about, how we, um, you know, reverence man as opposed to like when God steps in the room. I always think about that like when we, you know, when it, we're at church too, you know, like the spirit would be really, really high, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, because we want to stick with our program. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ma'am. You know what I'm saying? We yes. shut it, and that's the time. Like when, uh, as I think it was Jerry that was praying. You know, we need to be entering in, but mm-hmm. we shut them down. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. Yeah, 
she fixed it so where the priest could not minister. <laughs> Come on. You know, like trying to get fight it. <laughs> Yeah. We're supposed to be worshiping him, but he didn't walk in the room. You don't realize he's even in there. We didn't ignore him. Yeah. That? So <laughs> you made me think about when they was praying for um, who was it, Peter and uh, at Dor- somebody saw Dorcas, somebody, and and they were praying um, while he was in jail, and then he came and he knocked on the door. <laughs> <laughs> And they still kept on praying like that might be his spirit. We're going to keep praying, right? No, no, no. He's out there. Your prayers have been answered. Listen, acknowledge it, and worship, right? Go on in because God is hearing, has heard our prayers. So we don't have to wait for the man. Thank you, Juliet. We don't have to wait for the manifestation of what we believe according to his word and what he has promised. We might as well just get an attitude of gratitude and thank him in advance. And I, I just can't imagine that that would just uh, speed up the process instead of us. And it would save us a lot of stress and worry and stuff. And I know it's hard, um, but nevertheless, here here's another way of thinking about it. God, you said, and so I'm putting you in remembrance of your word, that you are not a man that you should lie, nor the son of man that you shall repent. If you spoke it, you shall do it. If you said it, you shall bring it to pass. And the angels are hearkening and hastening and waiting to perform your word that you've already declared and spoken over every single one of us. So if they're waiting to do it, and they're getting past the principalities and powers, but we're still not getting it. God, help us to get in line and position to receive your word that's already been declared and decreed over our lives. And how do we do that? Some sacrifices we absolutely have to make. Yeah. Thanks, Juliet. Anybody else have anything? Hey, good morning. It's Nikisha. Uh, hey, Nikisha. Hey. Yeah, we could have stayed on the phone, huh? <laughs> right. <laughs> but but the ladies did get back to me. They was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> they need to let us but, to know. We all trying to but, do right. Talk to people. Right. But, well, yeah. Well, we were being obedient. I and I did right. say, you know, if anybody had any prayer requests or they want to talk about it, but. They, they didn't, but, you know, we were there. So, um, But, you know, that just makes me think about something else because I had an, another thought process, but this, when it says be also ready, you have to be ready. If you're ready, you don't have to get ready. Okay. So um, we have to be in position for just in case somebody did need mm. to really, like, talk about something. Yes. Um, we were there. Yeah. So, okay, that thank you, Holy Ghost. I'm going on mute. That's all I need to say. I I have my own thought process, but that's what the Lord wanted me to say yeah. on today. Uh, yeah, okay. Girls, <laughs> <laughs> just like sitting on the couch. That what that's what declare victory is. It's like being on the couch. You get to talk it out, and you'd be like, yes. <laughs> Uh, Thank you, Holy Spirit, right? Yeah, you know, because, you know, I want to talk about something else. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right, but that's what needed to be said. So just showing up, sometimes when we don't feel like it, right, when we're frustrated or, you know, things are off, and I'm not saying the stuff we ain't supposed to do, but just showing up and being there um, for others just because, 
So, which brings up a point. For Thursday night, um, I need to talk to the women that's on the call that normally call in. We'll probably have a quick prayer, um, but I recognize that that is Thanksgiving for next Thursday. So, um, if nothing else, I might just call in for a good five, ten minutes. And um, if somebody got a praise report, thank you, whatever, for the women walk it out call. Um, just letting you know, heads up for those of you that are on the call this morning, the women that I'm calling on Thursday nights, we will not have a, a formal call. We'll just do um, if you want to. And like you said, somebody may not have, and I want to extend the invica- invitation. I'm not sure what we're doing here, but if you need somewhere to go and you don't have a place, um, my home is open. And I know that um, I live like in a little bit of the boonies kind of, Tracy Mountain House is where I live um, But if you're close to me And you just need some place to go You are so welcome Also um, I know there are a few other people on the call That uh, would extend and open up their home If you're closer to them or whatever So let's not forget that, that Not everybody has family Right And so I believe that's part of even the glory And the grace of God showing up in and through us To extend ourselves to others So thank you for reminding me of that Nikisha Oh, you're welcome. (laughs) Because there was a young lady that did call in. um, I believe her name was Joy, and she said Mm -hmm. that she was, uh, uh, oh Lord, uh, Pretty Patrice and uh, Sarge's daughter. So, and that was her first time calling in at night. So, you know, just say we, you know, we weren't there, and she was like, "Well, wait a minute. They said it was gonna be a call, and blah blah blah, and nobody's here." So, um, yeah, the, I guess, well, not I guess. I know that's why God wanted me to speak about that right now. I had wanted to talk about how you were describing just, like, all of the the materials that were being used. And I thought you were going to say pounds, but you said tons. And tons. I was like, wait a minute, what? Right? <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine the vastness of the resources that he had? And that didn't exhaust all the resources in the world which belong to God. Hello. And we are his right. kids, like uh, Sister Priscilla was saying. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and then when she was talking about the real estate and then you were talking about the vessel and it was like, wait a minute, we're we are his handiwork and yes. you know, we we just some of us treat our bodies like any old kind of thing and and then want to give a raggedy offering to God. Oh Lord, yeah. yeah. Conviction. <laughs> Going on mute. Start getting in real trouble. <laughs> And they overcame him (laughs) by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Get it out. Listen, um, you are not by yourself. By yourself. and, and I can say right along with you, there's some things I need to do to steward better over this body, this temple. And and we were talking about this on the women's call. It's amazing how we can be disciplined in one area and lack discipline in another area and be so super disciplined in some area and then some other areas just not so much so. And so we have a tendency to work on those things that we're good at, but I believe God wants us to take it so that we can come into balance, right, and help to bring up those things that we're not so good at and be mindful of what we are good at but not let that take us into an area of thinking more highly um, of ourselves than we ought or uh, tipping into a place of pride or whatever, um, but using balance so that we could be well-balanced. And I think that helps us, like Paul talked about, to become all things to all men so that we can win some, right? 
That's the whole bottom line, to be light and salt, and the light that does not shine is no different than the darkness. I'm not saying that about anybody particularly, but if we put our light up under a hill or a bushel, you won't be able to see the light. And the light really is the glory of God showing through us and shining through us by his spirit as he wants to reach this world that's just dying. And some of us, you know, I know we care, but we're so distracted and caught up in stuff that, you know, we don't really have time to get involved and do and be. Um, Ministering in church is great, but it's the world because the people in the church, for the most part, are saved. Um, And they need ministering, too. They need teaching. They need discipling. But the world is the one that's been hid from this glorious gospel, and they need to have the exposure um, and experience. And how best to do that except through people who are living it, us, in the marketplace. We don't stop being Christians when we go to work. We shouldn't. We don't stop being Christians when we, you know, show up somewhere where, you know, it ain't a whole bunch of Christians. We, we're supposed to be the light in that, that, that atmosphere and, and that environment. And so many times because we're not used to being light, we're like chameleons, and we can just blend on in and don't nobody know, you know. And, and you don't even have to open your mouth for people to know that there's something different about you. That's what light does. It speaks without a word but you can't Amen. deny its presence. Amen. Oh, wow. When you were speaking, I was hearing the word balance, and then I was hearing the word whole, like, do you want to be made whole? And not necessarily in the position that was being in that scripture, but just yeah. when you were saying we're really good in some areas and then just other areas, it's like, whoa, we aren't paying attention to it at all. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, do you really want to be made whole? Yes. Wow, I got to go on mute. (laughs) (laughs) Amen, sis. Yes, and I do. I want to be whole. I want to be well. I want to be well-rounded. I want to be able to, you know, walk in the boardroom and walk in the crack house if I have to, right? You hear what I'm saying? I want to be able to do, and I know what he's called me to because I can't forget where I come from, but I cannot forget where he's taking me. So since I've been in both places, I haven't really been in the crack house, but I have family members that have, you know, because crack was my thing, but I've been in the, the weed house, whatever. But but still being able to, to, to recognize, okay, this is this is who I am. Nevertheless, he wants to use me. And we are so multifaceted. I believe that's part of the treasures because we have the word that still can cross um, poverty lines. <laughs> it can cross any kind of racial lines. The word of God can because sometimes we just witness to our own. So it can transcend, right, um, whatever that the enemy's trying to use to keep us separate so that we would recognize that we have the authority um, really to go into places where he needs us to be. And if we don't recognize that we're supposed to be there, then we will feel out of place and not feel like we have the right when he's given us the power and the authority and he's called us into some places that we keep letting fear keep us out of. Um, but 2020, this new vision coming. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Yeah, <laughs> right. again. You just said a mouthful again. From yeah. the boardroom to the crack house, you just said a mouthful. Yeah. I, Amen, amen. I just, I want to say I was in a meeting, uh, you know, because my business is mostly all uh, men, all Caucasian men, and they've been privileged to have this profession that builds wealth, Mm -hmm. right? Right. And so um, they weren't, I've been told by my principal, that's the man that has the company, that Mm -hmm. I uh, am the first one of my kind to be Mm -hmm. uh, 
like this in this profession in San Francisco. In San Francisco, I want to point wow. that out. But back, yeah. to, but back to that. But when I when he told me that, I said, "Hmm, interesting. We have a president of the United States that's African American, first time. But you guys have never had anyone like me in this profession." I said, "I find that really interesting." Hmm. Mm. I said, that "Tells me a lot about San Francisco." But mm-hmm. but but you said a mouthful. I just want to say this, and that's want to give God the honor and the glory because I walked into a meeting, hadn't been in the office in a while. Um, and for many reasons, but they had bought a cake for someone's birthday, but they it wasn't their birthday, okay? Mm-hmm. And so he said, oh, well, we made a mistake. We have a cake. And then one of the men says, oh, well, it's Jesus' birthday, so we'll just celebrate Jesus. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, I had walked in the room, mm-hmm. and I had been on the phone and been praying and doing all what I'm doing, and I recognized. And God reminded me, you carry his, you carry my glory. <laughs> yeah. And because these are not people <laughs> who talk on. about Jesus at all. Yeah. They only <laughs> mention his name. It was <laughs> said facetiously. Mm-hmm. It was not said with this person meaning what they said. But the point okay. I'm making, I mean, that may go on my card from the boardroom to the crack house. Because I... <laughs> I just not that I have been in the crack house because my sister at one time who's delivered now was on crack. Yeah. Okay. So I have been in the crack house. I've seen it. Yeah. Um but I don't we have so much authority. We just have so much authority. Yeah. We have so much authority. And we, we have so much God wants to do for us and give to us and expose us to we can walk in any place we wanna walk in. Yes. You know, and I'm not saying that fear hasn't come up on me. I'm not saying things ain't perfect. I'm not saying I don't have opposition. I'm not saying that my life looks perfect. I'm not saying none of that. If anything, it looks just the opposite of what he wants from me. But Oh, but God, but he's sending me through it right now. But when you said from the boardroom to the crack house, I said, because they always ask you, what distincts you from the marketplace? What makes you different? Why would somebody want to give you the business? They always say that. And I'm always asking myself, you know, uh, what makes me different? Just being a, a black woman just isn't enough for me. That now. just really isn't enough. You know, yeah. you know, I don't want to lean on that. That's yeah. not what I right. want to lean on. Yeah, like a token. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, like a token, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but anyway, you just, oh, God. Yeah, you, yeah, you teach really well. <laughs> Glory to God. Listen, um, that reminded me of the every knee is going to bow, right, and every tongue shall confess, and he don't even know what he's saying, but he's still giving God the glory. Be facetious if you want to. It's still the truth. Hello. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and other people heard it, so you just called out the name Jesus. Listen, because you got some secret Christians up in there that's scared to tell because some of them believe. Mm -hmm. They're not all. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I'm this is mm-hmm, true. right. Yeah. <laughs> the enemy think you'd be doing something and God has a way of turning that stuff around and it's all in how we see it, right? It's all in how mm. we see. Because God is at work. Listen, he's already established some things and that enemy is the one that's trying to tear it down, but nevertheless that enemy meant that for bad, but somebody gonna feel somebody was convicted by it, I believe it. Listen. Mhm. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh wow. Oh wow. This is Nikisha again. Someone had posted something in the victory room and they were talking about Kanye and it was um it was a, a pastor that was 
like breaking it down like why are we getting upset about what he's doing because God said let the the uh the wheat and the weed grow together and the harvest will uh, determine which yep. one is which because It'll if be you separated. try to pull it up, yeah, then you might, might be getting the wheat, Come on. right? Yeah. And then so it's like, okay, well, it, Jesus is being preached. Hello. Okay, there's a, there's a whole new generation that is excited about Jesus that are coming to these meetings. If if he is being truthful or not, that's not for us to decide. Come on, the fact we need to be is, is that yes, we need to be praying mm-hmm. for him. And even if he has been born again, he's still in his infancy, and he has to mature yeah. and grow in this thing. So why are we putting him down if he's mm-hmm. spreading the gospel? We have some. Oh goodness, I'm supposed to be on mute, but it, I just couldn't <laughs> help. <laughs> And where are all the leaders, teachers that's in his ear? Why aren't they teaching him? Right? That's what the guy was talking about. Because Priscilla and Aquila had to take Apollos to the side because he was an excellent, charismatic man, but he wasn't teaching. He was teaching, I think, John the Baptist, but he needed to be teaching Jesus. And he was humble enough to sit under their teaching so he could learn a more excellent way, which was the law of love and grace now. And he started as as that. It enhanced what he was already doing because God knew his heart. So God sent him the proper teachers. So we pray that, and I think Kanye mentioned that, that all these people around him didn't want to say anything because of his star status. So are we starstruck where we can't preach the gospel or minister to somebody because they don't look like us, because they might be richer than us, because they might be in the boardroom, because they might be a star? What is that? Then if that's the case and we're starstruck, God's not calling us to them, but he's calling some people that are in Hollywood, right? And you've got a lot that are starting to open their mouths, and I'm sure a lot have been, and their mouths have been silent, but we need to be praying for these people in positions that have an ear. You know, we got these mega churches that have stars going to their churches, right? Are you preaching the word and are you ministering to them? And are you just, are we kind of caught up in the hype, right? The only star is Jesus. And if we're going to be a fan of anybody, we ought to be his fan. And I get it that some people like stars. That's not my personality, right? But if we're going to make an idol out of something, it has to be Christ. Because otherwise, that's a subtle lure and trap and trick of the enemy. So we need to be praying for Kanye because he has the ear of a lot of people. And I'm so glad you said that because a lot of our youth, they have been leaving the church in droves. And they are being drawn into people who weren't even in the church and knew at some point their eyes would come open and it would be time, their appointed time for them to come into the kingdom they're coming through him. So we pray that okay. he stays on the straight yes. and narrow. Yes, yes, yes. I looked it up while you were speaking. Didi posted it, and the guy is, um, that she got it from was Primrose Obadata Dodo, and okay. it's, it's uh, Pastor Rampu on Kanye West, and he's just, he's really dropping nuggets about this whole mm-hmm. situation. So when you get an opportunity go to the victory room and he he'll break it down for you. But yeah, speaking of children that just don't want to go to church, I drug my children up and down uh California when I was out there because I was in the choir and my pastor was the moderator of whatever district he was the moderator of. So that means we have to go even more places. And they they are just so like mm, Okay, whatever. But I've been 
um, saying, well, I can't just get all this good information and I pass it on to them. So I've been, like, texting them in the morning and giving them the scriptures. And, you know, they're, like, coming back around. It's like, you know what, well, my mom really needs to pray because they're all adults now. But okay. it's like that still does not mean that they do not need the word of God. And I gave them the number. I was like, well, even if you can't call in at that time, we do have an app and there's a yeah. playback. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Because I, I, yeah. I, I got convicted. It's like, okay, I'm getting all this good teaching and getting healed and blah, blah, blah. But I'm just going to leave my children out there? Oh, right. I don't think so. With all them distractions, <laughs> right? And all those lures. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm supposed to be on mute. <laughs> <laughs> somebody needs to hear what you're saying, right? And it brings up conversation that somebody just needs to hear, and I just believe that by the, the Holy Spirit. He knows what we stand in need of. So thank you for, for talking and for your comments. Um, Romans, read Romans about judging another man's servant. We don't know what God is doing except you get the uh, revelation by the Holy Spirit. And if he gives you the revelation, it's not to condemn, but it's to pray and to build up and cover, right? So for, it just might be one of our kids that, because they used to like Kanye, now they, you know, more interested in what he got to say about Christ. So just pray, just pray for real. Um, intercede. That's what intercession is about, right? That 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 God would keep His hand on His mind because we know He has a tendency to to go the other way. And so, since we know some things about what's been exposed to us, that's where we we um, we intercede on. We don't have to guess at some of that stuff, right? But I just believe that, um, yeah, He's preaching the gospel, and so we just pray that um, it's the truth and His motives. That's on Him. But I'm not judging his motives because I'm not set up to do that. But we do need to watch and see, right? And if God give it to you, hey, we so busy adding comments on Facebook. If something crazy off the wall, post the word. What does the word say about it? Because that's the final authority. It's not our opinion. It's not our intellect. It's not how we think it is. It's really according to the word of God. So we try the spirit to see if it lines up with the word of God. And then we don't have to endorse everything, but we don't have to speak against it either. Hello, just stay in our lane. Do what we've been called to do. <sighs> yeah, right, I agree. This is Leisha. One more time, I just wanted to uh, chime in on the Kanye West. Um, you know, the first song that he was a big hit on was Jesus Walks. Mm-hmm. So I believe that he was always a Christian and just had fell off like the prodigal son. And then when I was at church on Sunday, you know, Pastor Bob Jackson has said that no man could confess Jesus Christ as Lord if he's a demon. So I think Mm -hmm. I think Kanye is true. Yeah. Hey, I I pray that he is right. Um, It's amazing. There's some background about that scripture if you think about it. When you really look at that, the enemy can say Lord Jesus, right? That don't mean he's calling him his Lord. When they wrote that, I think the background, and I think I looked it up for sure, is when they were saying that no man can confess that Jesus is Lord was because during that time Christians were facing persecution. And so they were being fed to the lions. They were being trampled on in the arenas. They were being made to fight each other um, through gladiators and all that stuff. And so they were under heavy persecution um, 
and to the extent of where they were being murdered and martyred, right, for their beliefs. And so they were trying to get them to um, denounce their Christianity. And so if someone really had a relationship and was a born-again believer and they um, had Christ as their Lord and Savior, they would not denounce um, that Jesus Christ is Lord. So at that point, they would not be able to say it to the extent of trying to spare their lives. And when they said it, they knew that was a death sentence, right? So now right, yeah, you go witnessing, and we talk to people, and they can say, yeah, Jesus Christ is Lord, and they don't mean anybody hill of beans, and that's not for me to judge, right? But you can still look at the fruit, look at their lifestyle. Um, we're reading right now in the book of First John where it talks about um, we're confessing him, but we're not living him, and we're not obeying him, and then therefore we're a liar. Read it for Absolutely. yourself. First, I agree. First, first John. I agree. Yeah, so. mm-hmm. I definitely agree, because that's what I was talking about. People always talking about, yeah, I'm a Christian. When it's convenient, but yeah. then as soon as the tests come or it get hard, now all of a sudden, well, God know my heart. He know I can't do this and that. And I'm like, well, hold on. You just got through quoting scriptures and putting all this on Facebook. Either God is everything or he's not. A lot Can of that you? is a lack of knowledge. It's a lack of knowledge, and we just haven't been taught some things. It really is. Um, I think Pastor Bell used to always say a faith that hasn't been tried or a faith that hasn't been tested has not been proven or something like that. We don't know what's in us until we experience a thing, right? And just like Peter, thank you, Lord, just like Peter when he denied Christ, he loved him. He walked with him. He was with him three years. He had no idea because he was the one that said, I'll never deny you. And he denied him three times before that cock crew two times, right? So we don't know what's in us and in our heart. That's why it's just so best to not even judge what's going on with people. Deal with our own Mm -hmm. stuff, right? Because he never thought he would have denied Christ. And then he had to be restored, basically, for the amount of times that he denied him. Christ had to come and say, do you love me? Well, feed my sheep. Do you love me? Right? He had to really go back those three times and kind of cancel out what he had put in the atmosphere of him denying him because when we deny him, we come into agreement with that enemy and we don't realize here again what kind of doors we're opening up for access for that enemy because he told him, Peter, Satan desires to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith don't fail you, basically. And when you've been converted, when you get back to getting your mind right and turn away from what you've been renouncing, which was me, when you've been strengthened, when you've been converted, go back and strengthen your brethren. So we got our mind set, like Lisa, you're talking about. Your mind is made up. Go strengthen your brethren in the faith that they would believe without a doubt that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he is a deliverer, that he's a healer, that he is a redeemer, he is a savior. He's still working miracles and doing great things. He's real and he's alive and well and living on the inside of us. Right? We doing all that. We ain't got time to be condemning nobody because we don't know where they shall be. We don't know what part of the journey they in. Truth be told. Because plenty of people don't count it, most of us out at some point in our lives and never thought we'd never do nothing. Anybody? Amen? <laughs> yeah. Amen. Yeah, right, right. They did, They just didn't know because they, they couldn't see 2020 vision clear. They don't know what the end shall be for us. And guess what? We are not where we shall be because this ain't it. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Good morning. This is Tanya. Hey, Tanya. Um, 
I just wanted, I don't know if you guys seen the interview that um, on Kanye again, if you've seen the interview he had with Joel Osteen. Oh, yes. Yes, and I just really think that if he do continue his walk with Jesus, he's going to make a big difference in our, big you know. In the kingdom, yes, yes. in the devil's kingdom. <laughs> yes, yes, he will, Because yes. he was raised basically through his mom, who was very spiritual and loved the Lord and had a relationship, right? And yes. he said and out of his own mouth, the devil was luring him away. And isn't that what he does? Kill, steal, and destroy yes. and distract him because he could see the platform that God was allowing him to have. Exactly. So he was trying to use that for his own good. But now Kanye is like, nope, no more. And I knew one day no I was, he had a big boy, a big boy interview or whatever, one day he was going to be doing something for the kingdom. And so now, hey, we just and then you, did, the you know you can <laughs> you can find riches in so many ways and you still uh-huh. not fulfilled. And yeah. so he's rich Come to on. the max now. Now he's looking for fulfillment, and you're not yeah. going to find fulfillment unless it's in the peace of God. And, and check this out. He, the, the enemy done messed with his mind, and he done got his mind back, and he trying to keep it. Look, because he know it's in Christ. <laughs> Come on, the enemy will try some things, and God will allow it to get our attention. Those are the brick walls that we run into. Those are the bottom of the pit. And if he didn't put the brick wall there, we'd still be running. If he didn't put the bottom of the pit there, we'd still be falling. If he didn't put the end of the rope there, we'd still be hanging on to the rope. Listen, God will use whatever it is in the situation that the enemy meant for bad and take it and turn it around for good and for his glory that many people would be saved. Read that, Genesis 50, I believe it is. Genesis 20 or 50, somewhere over there. Thank you, Tanya, for saying that. Yeah, that reminded me, I did want to say that. He mentioned about his mother, you know, and he knew one day. But check it out. He's on a big platform, so it's easy to judge. What about some of us that are still struggling in our faith, and we know the enemy keeps drawing us away and luring us by his tricks and his traps and his snares, and we doing stuff on a little scale, but it's not on a platform, so it's not exposed. It's no different. It really is no different. So we are helpers once another, and I believe that because we know better, we can do better by praying for one another. And I believe that's why Declare Victory is so powerful, because um, we recognize as a family that God has joined together. And that's why it's so hard to not call in, Priscilla. You don't want to miss nothing. We get it. (laughs) We don't want to miss nothing because we don't know. What God gonna do? What He gonna say? We just believe He will. <laughs> yes, yes. Amen. Amen. Praise God. And now I know about Thursday night. I just heard that. I just want to let you know. I heard it. <laughs> I'm trying to figure things out. You know, the victory room. I've gone online and I'm okay. trying to go into the victory room, and I'm like, you know, I can't. I haven't got that yet, but I'm I'm working it through. I'm being patient with myself, and I said, okay, you can't do it all at once. Just take every step that you can Did take. Did somebody add you? Because you have to be added to the Victory Room. So somebody that you're friends with on Facebook can add you. How did you come well, to the call? Um, Nick Nick Guzman referred oh, okay. me to the call. Oh, cool. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, so, uh, yeah, I... Uh, I what's think your I name on Facebook? Said, I will... I'll I make don't... Sure I I never joined Facebook. I'm one of those. Oh, you're like who don't me. Girl, yeah. <laughs> I started calling in, and I didn't even know what really Facebook was. And Dion was like, "You got to get on Facebook," and I was like, "I ain't getting on that thing." <laughs> I know that's the way I've been. It's a like, way I'm to get connected. Get- 
that's all. It's yeah. a way to be connected. And then now, you know, there's some great things about Facebook that I must admit that I've been exposed to and some good teaching and some good stuff and some, you know, information. So, yeah, no, I was exactly the same way. And Dion was like, mm-hmm. And then when I got on it, I was becoming like a junkie. So I had to <laughs> start weaning myself <laughs> off because it was too much. And she was like, yep. That's that's exactly what happened. So no no no, I would I would encourage you because that's the way we stay connected. That's the way we communicate information, and it's a free platform that way. So and you can use it for good by posting things that are uplifting and edifying and encouraging. That helps to build up the kingdom. So there's some good some good to it. But you stay connected. I will I will I will consider it because I think yeah. you understand why I never joined Facebook. Yeah. I found it to be messy. And yeah. so I just was like, I ain't, I, I'm not being a part of this mess, you know. The devil, <laughs> right. the devil gets to me in all kind of ways, but this is one way I ain't letting it in. I ain't doing it. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. No, no, no. It can be messy if the, the the propensity of messiness is in you. So you just have to be mindful to guard yourself. So I just, I know when to back off. I don't stay on it. I know what to not allow into my threads. I don't let people post on my page. I'm very private. I don't put my information out there, all that stuff. And I still can enjoy it. So, yes, I get it, sis. Yeah, and then Hello, I have to resist. I have to resist the tendency to want to respond to some things because some stuff I don't need to get involved in. So I resist the tendency because that's part of me and liking to talk. So yeah, that that's part of me wanting to be getting messy and getting caught up into stuff that ain't none of my business and you know whatever. I didn't mean that for you, but I meant that for me. I had to know myself and know my limitations. For that. So somebody wants wants. Oh, this hi. This is Jacqueline. I was just going to chime in and um, just say you you are right on point when it comes to Facebook. Um, the scripture that came to mind is that the kingdom of God um, suffer violence and the violence taken by force. Um, if we use the thing is the enemy has a way of defiling things, but yeah. we as children of God we have to use it to edify God and just glorify God. And if we come together, it says one can put a, a, a thousand. Yes, and ma'am. two to ten thousand. If they're like one, two, three, or we're many on this platform, we just get on Facebook and do use Facebook book to for the things of God, the kingdom of God. You can imagine yes. what Facebook would be like, and that's what we need to do. Because um, like my said, that was my my mentality. I don't want to have nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. Blah blah yes. blah yada yada. But then God began to show me that you know what I put um the enemy used things to destroy and disturb people, but. I, I called you guys to t- to go in the kingdom and, yeah. and take it by force. And that's exactly what you said something about. We have to be mature in the, in the place where we're able to walk into the clock house and walk into the church. That's the yeah. thing we have to be able to go to Facebook and allow the Holy Spirit to lead and God like that. Amen. Thank you. And welcome to the call. I love your accent. Um, yeah, absolutely. Every territory, right, um, that the enemy thinks that he has, there has to be light for darkness to dissipate. Darkness is not even real. It's just the absence of light. So, yes, Priscilla, please consider it because your voice needs to be heard. (laughs) It does give us access, too, and exposure. Um, It's just how we use it, right, to advance the kingdom. So thank you, sis, for, for that. Well, it is after 8 o'clock. Um, I want to give anybody a last moment to say anything, any comments. I know we, we kind of 
left one area, went to another, but I think it's all relative and relevant for um, our hearing and for our living um, to be mindful. Read the book of Romans about judging another man's servant and that servant being the servant of God. Um, that really started to help me, and I still have to be mindful and check myself, right? That's where I have to know myself about Facebook and respond to to some things. And even when I'm trying to be a proponent for God, listen, he don't need me to defend him. He don't need me to defend him because then I start getting in the flesh and I can be offended and all that stuff, and that's not what he's calling me to do, right? I don't believe he's calling any of us to walk in offense because offenses will come. We have to decide whether we take them on and receive them or not. Right, so that is a platform where some voices will never have exposure or experience to you. But if you're posting stuff, because I just turn on sometimes and I look at some videos and it just moves me to tears and it touches my heart and um, I get to see some things that I just wouldn't have access to. So it, it's been a blessing, and I just use it, you know, um, I say wisely, but I believe that 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 is the spirit of wisdom of God living on the inside of us to say nope, don't respond, nope, don't get involved, nope. Um, get off that page, nope, whatever, 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 right? So it's knowing yourself too. So if nobody else has anything, thank you all for your comments. Thank you all for um, calling in this morning. Um, appreciate the engagement and the conversation. Um, and we will talk again on Monday. Does anybody else have anything? And I'll just close us in prayer. Amen. So, Father God, we thank you for um, this time of fellowship. Even though we are in our own separate places, we are knitly and fitly joined together by your spirit. We thank you that you are one God um, and you have many members of your body. And I thank you that we understand that you have joined us together um, by love and by your spirit. So I pray today that what has been spoken that is a confirmation of your word, that it be sealed in our hearts and in our minds, and that we first have the willing mind to serve you and that we allow you, Holy Spirit, to do the converting of our souls that we don't resist and that we are led by your spirit as you do and lead us and guide us into all truth and show us the way that we shall take, that we would be the ones that would be able to stand up and be light and salt in this world for the world to see that you are real and that you are alive and that you are coming back for your children. So, God, we thank you. I pray a blessing over everyone under the sound of my voice, that they be blessed today, that they have an expectation to see you and that you show up, God, and you exceed our expectations. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love y'all. Amen. Have a great day, everyone. Amen. Have a blessed, beautiful day, everybody. Yeah, blessings. Yeah, my dear.